We were just listening to Waxing Crescent from the album Black Moon Book 2. That opens it up. And that's by Chicago singer-songwriter Mark Lofgren. Some of you may know him from uh, back in the day, The Luck of Eden Hall, and uh, more recently, and now they're back out again to Thin Cherries. So like most musicians operating under the new normal, uh, Mark has been spending time in his home studio creating these uh, intimate recordings. So Black Moon Book 2, um, it's quite the album of um, it, what I guess is called Bedroom Pop. It touches on various different things, relationships, memory, of course, isolation during the pandemic, and most explicitly, the healing power of hope and love. This is his follow-up to his first uh, edition of Black Moon Book, released in 2020, and his previous solo effort, which came out in 2014, The Past Perfect. So in this episode, we're going to dive into Mark's creative process behind making of the second edition of the Black Moon Book and uh, how he coped during the pandemic. And we're also going to touch on what he's up to now. All right. So um, I, I briefly know of your stuff with Luck of Eden Hall, and I've seen Thin Cherries a while ago. Um, I'm not super familiar with your work until August. I introduced as you as a guest a couple months ago when we were getting you booked in. Um, and I, I really dug the, the first and second, you know, both the Black Moon book uh, albums, uh, you, you know, um, so I, I, I kind of wanted to maybe just kind of start with where did those songs come from? Like, what was your impetus behind that? Like putting those things together? Yeah, the first one was definitely, I mean, obviously we're still in sort of in COVID. Although a little bit. Yeah. And, and I had been like a lot of people laid off. Um, right. I was working in advertising. I do like video editing and motion graphics for a career. Right. Yeah. Right. Day day Everything yeah. disappeared for months. Right. And I had songs saved up and really no outlet, you know, for them. I was super busy before that. And then all of a sudden I had like months of time and I right. had my kind of home studio set up basically. And I just started with no preconception, really. Most of them started with acoustic. I think the first album's a little more acoustic driven. Okay. And I just yeah. wanted to do something. It, it doesn't feel as sparse as I thought it would be. You know, I was thinking drum machine and acoustic and maybe a little keyboards, but once I started hearing the songs, they felt a little bigger, more developed. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to keep it simple in a way, and but connect the songs and sort of have threads through them, you know, musically, whether it's okay. stick or certain instruments and certain keyboard plugins, try to limit the palette, not have... Because, you know, you can kind of go crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, Especially with technology now, it's real right. easy to you go too far. Have a, wall, have a wall of something. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, why don't I throw, a, you know, some sort of sampled mandolin in there? And I'm like, what, what, am, what am I doing? You right. Know, so I try to keep them all connected. And that one was really recorded super quickly. I mean, that one was, I would say, a, a couple months. And then I had it mastered. Maybe even not even that. You know, and I, I, I feel like it really connected me more to the pandemic because okay. it was such a process without someone we weren't going out and weren't really right. doing anything right you know, didn't really know like what are y'all gonna die <laughs> you know right right want to make it one of those albums where it's hopeless or whatever so right so and some melodies and getting through it or something like that and i thought it'd be a one-off to be honest because i'm still in the thin cherries and we were working on an album before that okay so I was like, oh, come back and do our third album. But again, I got a long break in between jobs or freelance things. Right. And I didn't, I had maybe one or two ideas that didn't fit in with the Thin Cherries that weren't really in that vein. That okay. Were more, felt more Black Moon book, a little yeah. darker and different. And I, I thought I'd start with those. And most of them, again, started with acoustic. And how I'd usually write is sort of... um. I don't write traditionally. I'll, I'll kind of come up with the melody on guitar and sing, just hum or sing whatever comes into my head. And then I'll structure it from there, you know, and sort of build the song around maybe listening back two or three days later, what I thought I might have said. And then I sort of go with the feeling of it and write a story around that instead of, okay, I have an idea. There's this guy in a park and he's alone and, you know, right. It's, sort of, it's opposite. It's like, what is this? 
why I, do I like this guitar hook or this keyboard sound or yeah and then work around that and this one I kind of it's a little more uh, it's got some progressive elements it's still yeah. acoustic things um, but I try to limit myself there's to like a classic like couple Mellotron plugins mm -hmm. and, and a few other things and try to limit the palette even more in a piano you know and then see where I could go from there um, but again it was a quick process I started that I think it was right after the holidays when I just had, of course, a great time to record. I mean, kind of stuck in the house anyways. Right. And uh, two songs I actually wrote, starting with piano lines, and this has never worked for me before, where I woke up with a melody in my head. Like I always read, you know, Keith Richards, you know, woke up with satisfaction, that riff in his head. Yeah. You know, I've tried it before, and then I'll record a song. I'm like, wow, that's really terrible. My dreams must be have sucky songs or something, you know, but I had little melodies like ding, 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 you know, and I threw it down, not thinking it'd be a song. And then I put another part to it, another part. I'm like, wow, that actually, I like it. So the red giant song is basically, I woke up with that melody in my head okay. and structured it all around that piano line. Okay. Really. And I tried to connect them, but I didn't plan ahead. It's not like a concept album where I was like, this is going to be the first song. Right. It just, uh, what came next you know okay a couple songs i wrote really quickly on the fly a couple ones were left over from the first one or at least leftover guitar parts that i redid and it it seemed to fit you know i'm actually happier with this one than the other one okay um so i mean basically you're saying that so it was more of just kind of a stream of consciousness process you would yeah. have ideas were, were popping in uh, subconsciously and then you're able, you're in tune with the proverbial muse, right? Like you're just able to right. turn you out the tunes, right? Elusive sometimes, you know. It is, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you, you know, when you write or, you know, do stuff on your own, it feels right. like, I don't know if it's a writer's block, but you get into points where everything you're sort of playing on guitar, keyboard, it's the same. And it's like, yeah. yeah, I've heard that before. Right. And then you'll pick it up four days later and I'm like, wow, that's cool. Yep. You know, so it's kind of in fits and spurts for me. I know there's songwriters who like try to write a song a day and I can't even conceive of that or thousands of songs. Like, where the hell? Right. You think about like the Beatles, like just right. the, the output that they had and like those guys that just like they'd eat breakfast and write albums, you know? Right. And I and, maybe it, it was right. like, they had competition too, you know? And sure. uh, then Cherry Steve and I write the songs usually separately and then we collaborate after we get the original idea. Okay, but it is good. Bands are different, you know. You have they are yeah. input, you know. Whether you're all writing as a four piece, like the second Thin Cherries album uh, on Moose Island, we sort of I'd come up with the songs, but I, they were open ended. I would let you know things evolve, and Steve would do the same thing, and we would play them in the rehearsal space. And we recorded that one a lot of it live with a few overdubs in the studio, yeah, um, which is kind of fun. And Black Moon Book's obviously the complete opposite, you know? Yeah. And I was I was going to say, too, like, with the process, I mean, um, so, and what I what I could hear, too, listening to the two back-to-back, -back, like, I, I would go for walks in my neighborhood here, and I would just, like, pull you up in my, my streaming or band camp or whatnot, uh, right. just to get, and, and I could hear, like, there's a definite, there's a definite marked progression between the first album. This first one is, you know, you you got really good songs and tones and stuff, and you're just kind of just cranking it out i feel like black moon too is there's a little bit of a reaction to your your first batch i guess you could say your first tunes like it is more um it seems more composed overall like i don't want to say a concept album either like what you're saying i mean the idea of like starting with uh, the waxing and then the waning right the two sort of metaphors for the beginning and the end of right. the album is cool it's, it's pretty powerful but overall, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the synth elements. They, they had a lot more presence. It wasn't just like a background thing. It was like they actually seemed like they're driving a lot of the material. Um, so that was really, really enjoyable. Um, in terms of like, you know, you touched on the dynamic of, um, you know, being in a band, it's like you have to negotiate and compromise when you're writing with somebody always, you know, there's always a... and in different shades and levels of like okay this is i'll, I'll write the middle eight you write the, the bridge coming out of it or you know this is what i want this is what i want for the chorus i had this idea what will what, work and then you go back and forth with your writing partner right. exactly. and you know sometimes it works sometimes it's really frustrating um but for black moon black uh 
Black Moon Book. Sorry, I'm trying to think of the title. I mean, that was an accident too, the name, because I was I was searching for something online, you know how it yeah, is. Right. And I accidentally typed in something and it typed in Black Moon Book and it wasn't anything. Right. It was just a bunch of crap came nobody, up. Nobody used it yet. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, ooh, that, that's cool. That's free. That before yeah. I started writing, you know, the first album and then I had, you know, you write ideas and yeah. I usually put in a note thing on the phone. I'll look back and say, is this any good for song titles or anything? And yeah. I looked and I'm like, oh, that one's cool. Yeah. And then I don't remember, what the hell is that? So I had to look it up again. I'm like, it's nothing. It's good. It has this occult vibe to it. Like if you just look at the words like, oh, it's witchcraft or it's some sort of tome from the middle. Right. <laughs> and you listen to the music and it's like, okay, there is this like somber undertone you have going yeah. on, but you know, but Black Moon Book, like you're thinking of like Pentagram or some sort of like 70s right. doom metal. And it's band. not at all. It's None. Not no. heavy, right? that, that's great. That's fantastic. It's eerie right? in a lot of ways. It is, you know, right. In, in, yeah. a, in a kind of pandemic-y way. Right. You know, certain isolated, but it's more hopeful than than that, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's hard yeah. for me to interpret stuff. I like I always like listening to other people's music, and I don't need to hear the story behind the song. Mm -hmm. Like I don't mind hearing it. I like what if they say, "Hey, I was walking down by the river, and I just thought of this thing." You, but as we, soon as it starts getting into, I wanted to make it about a guy who's you know lost his girlfriend, and then he decides to do that. It's like. Right. That's cool, but that's not how I write, you know, right. or in symbols and whatever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it gives that listener that room for their own interpretations of the art, too. I mean, yeah. instead of it just being spoon fed to them, because everything now with technology is just the spoon fedness. Um, what I wanted to get back to the one point about um, your process, though, is like, it seemed like it went really smoothly for you, like just to be able to just kind of churn this stuff out. Like, was it, did you find it liber liberating to do this? Was that? Um, okay. No, it, it, I don't know. I try to not think about it too much. You okay. Know, music should be like, it's a release, I guess. Just do it. I don't force it. And there are definitely leftover songs and a bunch of things that didn't work. Right. I don't, but I don't, mind throwing stuff away or, or just right. saying well that didn't work but on a shelf know, yeah right two or three things i just kept working and kept working i love the melodies and parts of it and finally you gotta you know as writers say you gotta kill your babies you know you gotta say right it's just not working you know and you always think maybe i'll come back to it but i can't think of a time with any of the bands i've been in where i've really done that yeah, you know, revived the song. They've and, held on to a riff for years and years. Yeah, and years. like you just happened. Maybe it's right. I have I, it's subconscious and I used a part of it just that was still in my head, but it's not mm -hmm. the same song. You know, there's only a certain number of chords and notes anyway, so you're not mm -hmm. going to read up the wheel at this point. <laughs> right, it was all pretty smooth. I threw away probably twice as many as I kept, but they weren't complete songs. They were probably half dozen that I finished finished and I was like that just doesn't work and there's two or three that I wrote on the fly that I finished in a day or two that just came really quickly that okay. fit in there, just probably yeah in, in a concept album way like it I feel like this is the vibe I'm in you know I'll start with a keyboard or instead or a bass line or something synth right. part a couple mm -hmm. like you said were synth lines and I built around that um it's still pretty structured yeah, and I always thought in my head I wanted to write something because I listen to some other bands that are more free form and more, yeah. you know, avant garde or more right. jazz or whatever influence. But that's just not the way my brain works, I guess. Right. You know, yeah. I always have like the pop sensibility or verse chorus, and there'll be breakdowns and weird asides, but it, it yeah. just like hooks and, you know, yeah, strong things like that. There, there's definitely a craft to what you're you're doing as a, yeah, as a musician um you, you know the not formulaic but like it's the it, the songs sound very well crafted and like you're getting on too like there's a there's a good balance i think of sparseness but adding in arrangement elements of like these different instruments that you were bringing in that kept it interesting it wasn't just like you know going on with an acoustic guitar for five minutes uh, you know you know, it can about, be, yeah. I think you about know. like who is it, uh, Red House Painters that became Sun Kill Moon. Right. You know, they can have songs that have one 
basic melody. Right. You know, like I forget there's one song about Ohio that he wrote that it's just haunting and it just doesn't yeah. really go anywhere. And it's amazing. It's, it's a good mood piece. Song. Yeah. Yeah. I could listen to it for like 20 minutes. I'd, I'd probably play it over when I, you know, first yeah. heard it like three or four times, you know, and that's the, yeah. I would love to be able to do that, but it, that's again, you know, I kind of write in sections and it doesn't yeah. really work for me. Sure. Um, and, and then with um, this material now, um, like, so you produce it over the last couple of years, you got the releases mm -hmm. out. Um, so what are your kind of plans for the next step for you as a musician? Um, is there going to be a, a band behind this? Is this stuff that might be? Play, I played an acoustic, a couple solo acoustic shows. Okay. Last month or so, just to try out the mm -hmm. song. It's cool. It's yeah. different. But, you know, I couldn't do them all. You know, I had to do right. the ones that started that way. I didn't want to. Or you can carry them, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. People have offered and I've thought about it. I would back it, you know, and I'm like, it's not at that point because I have the thin cherries and, mm -hmm. you know. We're trying to desperately, not desperately, no, desperate, you know, it's like, like you said, being in a band is like a family, right? Mm -hmm. We all get along really well. And there's five people in the band. I'd never been in a band that big. Yeah. Uh, like Lucky Bean Hall is a three piece. I don't think I've ever been in anything bigger than a four piece band in my life. Yeah. So we have five and then plus we bring a female uh, backup singer sometimes who also does some other parts. Right. She's great, but six people in a room is a lot of voices to, yeah. to listen to. Mm -hmm. and steve or steve and i basically still write all the songs and we collaborate okay i love coming up with something and you know with black moon book obviously they're the parts that i'm that are in my head right i mean yeah you've written stuff, so you're like i try to think outside the box but it's still my box you know right. like no it's a bigger box you know as you get more experience but right exactly it's something that steve like a guitar part and he'll i said hey do a bass line or a keyboard part he comes up with stuff I would never have thought of. Right. And he's the same about his. He's like, oh, I would have done it like a different guitar part there. Yeah. I heard a synth part instead. So yeah. that's why I think that band works in the way it does. It's, it's good. Kind of, good head, right. It's different. It's more, you know, traditional psych pop, rock, whatever. But right. it still keeps it interesting because our songwriting styles are different. But again, with all those people in the band, it, it kind of stops me. I'm like, well, shoot, if I get three or four people like how would I do this live and really do it like the album I'm yeah. saying do king tracks and do I don't know it's looping really yeah yeah I, I would do I might do a, like a minimal thing with a little keyboard loop and something like that and acoustic yeah. Yeah. before I get a band together if I right. do any more shows so okay. yeah basically on the plate we're going to finish the album we have another single coming out oh okay cool this fall we thought our grand plan over the last couple of years was like let's release a bunch of singles and then eventually an album. So we've done, we did Trouble Lights last fall, Weird World this spring, and we're going to do another one. We're still, we have two or three that are about done. Then we'll try to hammer everything home this winter. We have like eight or nine songs about done, but you know, drum tracks. Okay. I finally have somebody else. Mike Hagler produced the last album. He's amazing. We recorded at King Size, but which helped me a lot because the first thing Cherry is I had to do all my own and Oh, it's so much oh work. Yeah, it's so much work, and just oh god, yeah. Sound, and I wanted to do it because I'd never done it myself. Been a producer, producer, right? You know, but boy, I don't think I could do that for a living, man. Like, yeah. like Moonbook's different because it's all controlled. I don't have to. Right. Yeah. It's in that box, right? Yeah. Right. Still in the box. Right. So yeah, I think we'll finish this album and okay, where it goes and. I think I do think there'll be a Black Moon book three because my idea behind this one was this is going to be really sparse and minimal and it didn't turn out that way at all which is fine but it, it is more connected for mm -hmm. lack of a better word so yeah. I don't know. I'm trying not to think about what the next one is I might do something different but still try to make it work I don't know how many I'll do but until I run out of ideas I guess <laughs> yeah it seems like a, a, a cool just um like a, uh, a a container for a series of of work, you know, the, the name of it itself kind of lends it to that. Like the, it's like a, you know, compendium, I guess you could say, or like, like uh, and the cool thing about, right. Like you said, yeah, like book, book two, book three, you know, book right. Two, yeah. book three, book four. Right. You know, it's like a magazine format almost. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think I, I'm going to do uh, 
probably another music video. I did one for uh, for the first single, for lack of a better word, although, you know, you know how that goes. Um, but it's fun. I found a bunch of old foot film footage for that one. I, and I have a bunch of other stuff I just transferred. Yeah. So cleaning up closets and trying to get, you know, stuff organized. And what is finding old film footage and tapes okay. and things that are falling apart. You know? Yeah. What is it like doing, because you do video professionally, yeah, yeah. Um, doing it for your own art? Is there like just a different thought process? Is it easier for you to go through it? Because you know all the technical facility behind right. it. It's just easier for you to execute on that. Or like, I'm just kind of curious, like what that's right. like, you know, translating a skill you have, you, you use professionally back to your right. art, you know? It's a little different. I'm used yeah. to doing stuff for other people. Right. And I went to school for it so I always thought like hey I'll be a filmmaker just like you know when I moved out of college and moved to Chicago in 1990 I'm like well I decided to be in a band so obviously tour and make it you know you like you're young and naive stupid unrealistic um you don't regret anything but it's just doesn't always work that way right kind of I thought a filmmaker you know this and that and I really gravitated towards post-production and I really liked taking other people's footage or other projects and mixing it right so and i really had made an independent film that didn't really go anywhere in the 90s and it was just hard talk about like bands are super hard filmmaking i don't know how you know just organizing that and directing and doing this and all the different you know moving parts i was like not for me right but i i I guess i like sitting in front of a computer or something Right. But doing my own stuff, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. Trouble Lights, that's we hired uh, some other friends of ours to shoot it and, yeah. and edit it and do stuff. Yeah. Who are good friends of ours just to have a different perspective. And that was fun. Yeah. That's not what I would come up with, but I really like it. And then I think for the next video, we'll probably do something smaller, just Steve and I, um, and do it ourselves uh, for the next single. Okay. But as far as editing the Black Moon book stuff, I've only done two videos. The one for the first album, it was a one-shot thing that I had on my phone that I shot in slow motion. Oh, that cool! I it was amazing, but I had, and it was just before the pandemic. But I'm like, I didn't think I was going to use it. But I play like in old man baseball leagues, you know, like forty whatever and over. Yeah. And as I drive out there to the planes, disciplines or whatever, yeah. uh, it's like this one strip of road that. Yeah, it's I every, recognize some of the storefronts. So yeah, yeah, it's everything cool. in life. It's like liquor stores, there's a children's store, there's like yeah. a, right, pet, you know, like a vet. There's a wedding place. There's like a funeral home. There's a bowling alley. Right, like it's it's like the cycle of life in one strip. And right. I just threw a bunch of effects on there and thought that that looked pretty cool. Yeah, the other one's all found. It's not found footage, but it right. really is because I think. When my uh, uncle had died, my parents had given me a bunch of film to transfer. They didn't know it was on there. And yeah. I finally brought it in and transferred. I'm like, oh, my God. It was like stuff from Chicago in the, you know, in the 20s and 30s. And he was a kid. Okay. Just amazing footage. And it seemed to fit that first single from the second album in terms of it's just like I was looking at this and it struck me like none of these people are alive anymore. Yeah, you know, and they're all it, it's dark, but it's, it's also you're layering history in that sense too, because like you have your your recent footage, and then you're bringing, you know, generational footage in from a period where some of these buildings or even things probably don't exist anymore. You know, right? And some like, of it was that weird, I guess right. there was like a fair or a circus or amusement park that was at Belmont and Western Riverview. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's footage from that, and I yeah. have no idea, but no trace of it anymore. Right. No, and so I wish there was more of it, obviously. There's just right. little snatches of the, you know, merry-go-round and all that yeah. stuff. Little bits, it's right? Amazing. Yeah. And it's uh, again cool. oddly it's not depressing. It it but I'd always thought that way in the high school where I would watch old films, you know, when the teacher would put on the film or in junior high. Like, right. In the right, old yeah. footage, yeah. like right. whatever. And I'm like, this is like film of like dead people. You right. Know? <laughs> you know, and when you're first, you know, coming to realization, that means I'm going to die, you know, like yeah. you're feel immortal when you're a kid. So it was that same feeling I had when I looked at that stuff and it was realizing your mortality through like this artistic expression. Right. right. But also yeah, yeah, yeah. really vacation footage and amazing people having great times and okay. amazing stuff in California. 
you know, before it's all overdeveloped. Right. Look like a frontier, you know, in right. some ways. Nature so, and whatever. stuff. I'm off track, but you know, that that's that's good. That's what I think about when I listen to a song. I don't yeah. usually like traditional. I hate performance videos. And we did some of that in Trouble Lights. I'm like, I'll give it a go. Get to play the song 50 times and it's goofy. It's hard. Um, it's my least favorite kind of video, but it's like it's, oh, it's cool. Yeah, it's like lip syncing, you know, it's just you just don't it doesn't feel like unless it's like live performance footage of like a show where you have that energy in the room and there's people there cheering you on or you're interacting like yeah trying to do something that's canned it's it's such a challenge to to get that energy level you know you don't want to make any mistakes you know it's like being in the studio right so right it's just weird it's a weird i mean it's an mtv holdover right you know like there were always those videos like the beatles like we go back to that right you know and performance videos but those seem like they had stories behind them or they connect them together in whimsical ways right mtv made it about selling the product and the yeah band and the image endless commercial endless commercials yeah there's nothing wrong with that it just yeah doesn't appeal to me and i don't know how to do it so yeah <laughs> but you have the the eye of the somebody who knows how to tell a story through videos right. or which i'm interested in that aspect i like the storytelling yeah yeah, I, I see that with some uh, like younger bands coming up now too. They they get that like there's yeah. more to it than just making it about them flittering about on a, a soundstage somewhere or in front of a green screen. Um, or they're they're trying to like connect with the audience with an artistic vision or a narrative of some kind. Sit down, sit down A world of shame Delay, delay Absence of days It's all neon It's all neon Tell me if Remain, remain 
crazy pug. My wife is home with my crazy pug right now. But that's so. cool. She yeah, will, she may come visit us in the in the. That's office. cool. We've been redoing our, trying to redo our condo over the last six months. So everything's in disarray, but we're slowly getting stuff together. It was a good project for again not having a ton of things to do over the last few years. So. Right. You hear heavy breathing. I swear it's 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 the dog. It's not dog sitting here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I have a a cat who's very vocal when she gets she's hungry. Does she so. stand? Does she want to? He just howls and she's and she's a chatter too. Like as you're walking with her to the bowl, she's like checking in with you to make sure you're actually going to the bowl. And then also, oh, gotta go to the are we going to the cabin? Oh, oh, we're going to the cat's door opening. Oh, I see the bag. And and she's very I I mean it's like I'm getting played totally with the cat, you know, and then it just it never stops until like the, the bowl is like descending down in front of her, and then she's just then she just like forgets about me. I don't know. It is, it is just the food. They're, they're, they run your lives and yet they do. Yeah. You can't think anything that, you know, like you're happy to come home, you know, if you're working other weird hours or you're nobody else home. I mean, nobody's going to be more happy to see you than a pet. Yeah, pet. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, I've had a few interviews where she starts howling and I'm just like, oh, I have to remember. Or make sure in. But, right. Or like if I'm tracking something in here too, because I this one where bedrooms are flat is my, my studio here and all of a sudden you hear playing this fully guitar quiet guitar passage i'm trying to just track for some pre-pro and i'll like, oh all right <laughs> great well i'll keep it all right i'm gonna take that and that's gonna be the intro to a solo right well, but that reminds me of this is yeah not to be, you know pets unfortunately die but the first solo album i did um after it's still during Lucky Bean Hall, we're sort of on permanent hiatus now with all of us in different cities or doing different projects. Right. Um, I recorded uh, the Past Perfect under my name, Mark Allen Lofgren. You know, as I and that's more of a traditional like I had real drums and it's just an extension of songs that didn't fit into Lucky Bean Hall that were yeah you know poppier and maybe synthier you know the typical thing. But the whole point is when I was listening to the tracks. That's the first thing I'd really produced on my own without Greg or without anybody else. Um, Trying try to learn the craft really more than yeah. anything. But I'd listen and it was recorded in, you know, just the bedroom studio. And right. I would hear my 14 year old pug breathing and, you know, you know, like if I really listen, you know, and I'm like on headphones, I'm like, it was, you know, cause she was older and she'd always, they always want to be around me, you know, yeah, like, they do. Kind of like cats They're they're there. They don't need to be on top of you all the time, but they want to know where you are and what exactly. you're doing. Hey, what are you doing? They got to keep tabs on you. Yeah, you exactly. You know, mics are sensitive, especially when you're singing. You know, so I'd hear it. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. You know, I'm not going to get rid of that. And, you know, when other stuff's going on, you don't hear it. But if I isolate it, you know, if I ever look back at that track, I could hear, you know, on there snoring away or whatever. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm having a, a, just no a brain fart here. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's been a long week. I thought it's yeah. been a short week and you have a long week somehow. Yeah, yeah. the holiday is weird. It, it, it kind Where of did you go? Where'd you end up going? Oh, uh, Michigan. So we oh. were we were in southern Michigan. I rented a Verbo, um, just this little old fishing cabin. Cool. Um, so we were trying to just like do like a hotel or, or something. Yeah. Everything is so expensive now. Like, I know. You know, we like we're like, what are we gonna do? I don't want to do that. And but we we found this little tiny this fishing cabin. It's two bedrooms. It's on a, a small lake. It's nice. near South Haven, which is by Lake Michigan, yeah. and and all That's that where, stuff. Yeah, we used to go there all the time. We went to school in Kalamazoo. So okay, yeah, that was our we'd get away to go to the for a day trip to the beach to drink. You know, when you're in college on the absolutely beach. South Haven, Grand Haven, all those along the yeah yeah cool along the lake in Michigan. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit of a different vibe on that side of the lake. I don't know. It always feels a little I don't know why. Yeah, I'm a Michigan cleaner. Boy, so, yeah. yeah. A little cleaner, a little quieter, and just I don't know, beaches. Really yeah. I need to do that. You're making me realize I haven't really been on a real vacation for over two years. Mm-hmm. We it's funny, we must have known COVID was coming because the summer before that we did tons of shit and did yeah. you know, my wife and I. And we actually not even wanting to, we went to all the festivals just because. We got tickets or somebody wanted to go and it was just time. Right. Yeah. Right. And then right. You know, whenever it started happening, it's like, well, 
<laughs> no concerts this year or next year, you know. Yeah. Now we're starting to all do stuff, you know. And I went with a friend to it, you know, because you miss live music. You know, I'd gone to Montrose Saloon and smaller places, but yeah. a friend of mine from um, Albuquerque, who I knew played a band with in the 90s. Okay. His wife had just passed away. So okay. he was sort of at a loss for things to do. So he came out to Chicago and he goes, he wanted to see the psychedelic furs at right. uh, Aragon. You right. know, and X was opening up and I'm like, ooh, X opening. You know, I want to see yeah. that. Right. That's how many times am I going to see X play again? But, you know, we went there and it still feels kind of weird. You know, nobody's in masks and I'm yeah. vaxxed. Everybody's probably mostly vaxxed and you got yeah. to do stuff eventually. But my friend just looked at me and goes, you could practically taste the COVID in the air here. <laughs> and we were like both kind of yeah. laughing, but I was like, oh, well, you know, hopefully it's a good show. <laughs> you know? I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's been weird going back. I I, res I completely resonate with what you're saying with that. Because um, yeah. as much as there's trepidation about like, oh, am I going to get sick? Or, you know, is there some schmuck out there who's just infecting the, the thousand people who are standing Coughing around? on everybody walking by. Neighborhood fest here. or They've got right. their sick kids with them or whatever. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Like this, yeah, this year, this spring in particular for me was like, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm going to get back out there. Me like the, la the last year I started like a lot of my friends bands were playing. And then I started doing this podcast mm -hmm. with like, okay. Cause that was a thread last year. Bands are starting to play out again. What's it like now? The rules are differently. Everybody has to right. wear masks or be vaxxed. And, and that's kind of relaxed now. So this year yeah. is like the new, I say it's the start of the new normal. I do. Um, I think so. Yeah. I don't really yeah. warn you. Oh, it's not. It's, it's like, but at some point yeah. you live <laughs> We do, we've done the best we can, honestly. I mean, COVID's not going away. It's just it's, not, it's going to be another seasonal. It's going to be here forever. Yeah, you know, and, and right. we're going to find they're finding new treatments all the time, and yeah, vaccines will get better. And right. I know I had it early. Now that I look back on it, yeah, you know, when I you first started hearing about it, because my boss was traveling and came in sick to work at the ad agency. I'm not going to say his name, but I want to. No, but we didn't know, you know, right. Right. Instead, I got to keep coming to work. And they, he was, he was in the hospital for like two weeks. They yeah. couldn't figure out what it was. They said, I think it's walking pneumonia. And he, a bunch of us got sick at work. It was a, no energy, shortness of breath. And all the and symptoms. Then, yeah. Yeah. And then probably two weeks after that, you started to hear about, oh, there's a virus in China, you know, and it, it had been there since the year before, really. Right. So, you know, it was, it was getting around the world, but I was like, oh yeah, that's what I had. You know, I'm like, that was a weird one because I had no energy for like a month or yeah. I tried to do baseballs and I was I thought it was just a cold or a flu, you know, but you'd have like hot and cold feelings. And then months later when I all the symptoms were really the same, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what I had. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. Then I thought, oh fuck, that's what I had. I was really thankful that it wasn't worse. Wasn't worse, right. Yeah. Killed me, you know, or somebody else even yeah. worse, you know, like, because, you know, we go to work sick, you know, or when you're recovering, hopefully that's changed now. I think, you know, not to, you yeah. know, maybe that helps a little with other things, you know? Yeah. Um, it's changed a lot of things. I mean, for me, I, I work in the web space and I do graphic yeah. design. So. That's what I, I thought. You know, you I, I think August had mentioned that. I, yeah, I, I, where I work, I mean, they were trying to get us to go back to doing this hybrid thing. And then it was like, why? Like, it's just cheaper for that us. That was probably during it, right? The first. No, uh, so, so, yeah. So the whole time, like when things shut down with the office I was at, it was just like, no, I just, you know, we're working from home. We'll figure right. it out. Network access, getting online is probably going to suck for a few weeks until we figure it out. And then right. it's been that way for the last two and a half years. I mean, I haven't been back in my office since I was sent home. Yeah. And, and now and it's a new life. Field. It doesn't. Yeah. We can Zoom, we can do Teams meetings and right. you know, it, as long as you are a responsible adult and get your work done, yeah. you know, it does make you see that a lot of things that people were saying that the oversight stuff is unnecessary. I hate to say it, but right. a lot I, of that stuff, yeah. I don't know, you don't want people to lose jobs, but sometimes it's yeah. like, why are they yeah. standing over my desk looking at what I'm doing when they don't even know what I do? Yeah, it's it's such an old model of labor, you know. 
Right. Like my, my boss and I are roughly the same age. We have a lot of the similar circumstances. We have both have kids in high school. We right. both have other things that we do, you know, like I, I like to go running. And so he's a, he's also a runner and he's, oh, that's nice. he's a cyclist. So that's what keeps both of us most motivated so it's like all right let's plan to wrap up in the afternoon because i want to go hit my trail you can go hit yours or it's you know like that work-life balance is so much part of like kind of how we plan our 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 weeks now at work you know um we get our meetings over with with the people that we have to interface with and and they're to me i mean it is there's hiccups but there yeah. are always hiccups. and guess what? I don't have to spend an hour right. getting downtown. Right, know, exactly. To go, go to an office, right? And then, you know, it's just a pain in the butt. Or even yeah. when you drive or take the train, it's yeah. it's not productive. You know, yeah, and it, it's fine because I listen to podcasts or listen right. to music, right? But it's they're not getting anything out of you for those, you know, three hours of your whatever. It's dead time, you know? right? And yeah. you can what you can do is work from home and take a half an hour, 40 minutes, walk the dog, go get coffee, yeah. you know, work it around your meetings. Exactly. It, it totally works. And if it doesn't, then they can find somebody else, just like you would at a regular job. The person's yeah. not logging on or no work's getting done. Well, it's pretty obvious. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's I a, over them. <laughs> yeah, it's a different, a different um economy and different like just work model now too yeah. i mean and it's it's bled into like my stuff with my band too like we we do we do stuff your band again because i did um, look it up I oh I it. We're, we're called sons of raw so yeah that's right yeah instrumental jazz fusion prog yeah. rock see that's what that's why i started saying that because i love like I, I like some of the like i remember loving tortoise and i like some of the yeah. experimental i kind of love that stuff yeah Cali- is more traditional but that yeah. chicago vibe mm-hmm. and it's so far out of my you know what I'm, yeah. I'm capable of doing you know yeah. like you got to do what's in your see and i'm at the opposite end like for right. me to like be stuff. able to like, come up with us a, a really well crafted song structure like an aa you know a b a c a structure right song I mean, I don't even I don't even think about it as verse chorus verse. I just think about right. it as sections. You yeah, know? we're opposites, and yeah, we were totally yeah. get each other's yeah. art, which I it, which is why music's great. It is like listen to stuff. Like yeah. I remember doing a project. I was a jazz guy in New Orleans. Albert Ally. I'm going to say the name wrong. Albert Tyler. Oh, Tyler. That's it. Yeah. Like uh, witches and devils. Uh, they were they played in Chicago maybe 15 or 20 years ago. They did a lot of interpretation of his stuff, and I did a long form music video for that. I had no idea what I was doing, you know, like yeah. I decided to go listen to his back catalog and after and I was first I'm like, I don't get it. You know, like and then I listen more and more and all of a sudden yeah. I hear all this structure and all this yeah amazing, you know, jazz and then New Orleans flavor. And then it all makes sense. <laughs> Even the insane parts, you know, yeah. like, I'm like, I hear everything. You know, I yeah. hear the what the bass is doing, what and it, then it totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Through, and then I started listening to it. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is great. You know, stuff that doesn't initially appeal to you. Maybe that's going to be the stuff that mm-hmm. is your favorite for a while. Yeah. You know? Catches your ear differently. I mean, it's all patterns, right? So what we do is we make patterns, visual right. patterns, yeah. audio patterns, and we just do them in different ways. But the, the patterns all kind of have similar roots. I mean, if you're thinking like as a jazz composition versus a, a, a standard pop arrangement, the elements are exactly the same. It's just the, the construction's a little bit different, you know? Yeah, and it's only foreign and, and odd when you don't listen to it a lot. As soon as you start familiarizing yeah. yourself. I mean, to me, and then to me, my, my like if I was looking at Fred Jazz perspective yeah. to looking at blues, that would be like the simplistic version. Not to say that I don't like some blues, but... Right. I find like that's really too restrictive for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, you know, I like it and yeah. I get it, but it's so not even, I love repetitive stuff. Like, like I said, I can listen to three chord songs and just love it, but there's something about it that the it's aesthetic does so similar. And yeah, there's so many tropes now and so many things. It just doesn't yeah. touch me unless it's, interpret in a different way like the, what the stones did or something they right. made it all sloppy and right. you know whatever you yeah. know 
or really old, like Muddy Water, like the original stuff. I'm like, wow, that, that like the recordings of Congress stuff that they dug up, like, wow, that is amazing. You know, yeah. like, I guess yeah. that, so you see that history, but then I'd listen to like Clapton and like whatever it became, like it didn't, it didn't touch yeah. me, it didn't move me at all. It, it moved yeah. me to never listen to him again. You know, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I have I have a hard time listening to Clapton. I mean, he's influenced so many people, but I just... I didn't get it, I guess, or something. It, it's, it, to me, it just feels too clean. Like, or it doesn't... Clean. that's what it is. It's it doesn't... Song. Yeah, and it doesn't have that like emotional content of like a lead belly or a money. But yeah, it does affect somebody. I mean, oh, for other people, right? right. It's subjective, and that, right? That, and I get it. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I get it. People are into K-pop. You know, I tried to watch some of it because I was watching the stream of uh, Lollapalooza because I was bored one night. Yeah, and you know, I know it's like I didn't want to go down there. We went to Pitchfork this year because we yeah. went with friends right. to just do the normal thing for a year. Right, losing my night, it's a little too much for me. And plus, I was looking at the lineup. I'm like, the people I want to see, you know, I'm working or I'm not going to be able to go in the afternoon. They're all the earlier shows. Right, you know? right, 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 right. I can't commit to that. Um, but uh, I was to get a cape. I didn't even know what it was. I mean, I know what K-pop is, but it was like people taking. They're all, all interactive, like you know, with phones holding up. You know, I get it all, but it, it was like, yeah, nothing. You know, it's yeah. just like not, not even like stuff you. I understood it. It just, yeah, it was just silliness. You know, it was like uh, what probably it was like the Partridge Family back then or something like that. Which, right, fine. You know, yeah. But, there's there, there's definitely the generational tropes, and then there's different right. cultural tropes too. Like right. K-pop is really its own thing. Like my kid gets it. He, he's trying to explain it to me, and I'm just like, I'm just. I'm either too what old. Does he say? Or... I, I am kind of interested because I watched the thing, like I would watch, like I was an alien landing from another planet, saying, like, "Right, you know." What he... am I watching? These are clearly people. I don't know what's going on, but you know. yeah. And I mean, he, you know, the stuff that he's into, like that, and it's like he doesn't even really try to explain it to me. He's just like, "It's just this," and I'm like, "This reminds me of me sitting down with my dad, who was he's a child of the '60s. He grew up right. with the Beatles and the Stones. That's why I was yeah." Kid. And, and, and me like trying to like play metal for him when I was in high school or punk. And he's like, this is garbage. I don't get it. What, what is this? It's noise or I just, I'm not feeling it. You know, like there's no, there's no harmonies in the vocals and there's no, and it's like, I, I see his point now because just being in that generational mindset, but also yeah. like progression of things, you know? It's true. And yeah. even, some, you know, I'm not a metal guy, but he, but I get it. Like we did a little project, our drummer in Eden Hall yeah. was trying to get a TV series made Yeah, um, about sort of, uh, we ran into trouble because of all the rights problems, but all right. the cool things that you can do, like all the nerd stuff you can do, mm -hmm. you know, in life. And we had uh, the drummer from Anthrax hosting it. So we did like, oh, cool. Demo of that, you know, Charlie. Uh, yeah. Benante, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I listened, you know, I, I knew Anthrax, you know, yeah. like I listened to Metallica and all that stuff growing up sure, too. Sure. You know, right, I right. had fun doing metal bands in college and outside of that. So I get, I like it. I get it. Right. But on all the time. But when I listened to him, like, oh, I totally get it. And they did all their own art and, you know, talking to him, I'm like, oh, I fucking totally get it. Yeah. You know, and I, it's a whole nother world, you know, what they yeah. create. So yeah. I, it's fun to go out of your comfort zone or I don't yeah. just listen to like the stuff that I, Mm -hmm. that i kind of sound like i guess in fact i'm kind of the opposite like, yeah I, I i i find that to be the case too like a, a lot of people think i'm like just all i listen to is prog rock like i mean right. I, I i like it for sure i, yeah. I listen to a, quite a bit of it a lot of it's great you know yeah. especially the classic stuff and and all that but you, yeah. you know I I listen listen to so many yeah, different things though. Like I've really tried to listen to more pop lately, just because of like okay, I need stuff of craving structure. I'm craving harmony, right. like consonant harmony that's in thirds or or whatever. Because right. I, I just I want to hear that, or you know, or I want to hear just like happy jazz, like swing stuff from the 40s or 50s. Um, but you know, it's like I, I, I the same. I do the same thing. And that, yeah. And then something yeah, else comes along. Ambient stuff or techno or yeah. I was listening to the other day some British techno band that they're they don't even know who the members are or something. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. 
Yeah. And it was, it did kind of feel like being at a club you know, that they were trying to recreate, not just, you know, like the yeah. whole feel and vibe of ups and downs of, you know, I'm like, I can't remember what it was at this point, but yeah, it's not stuff I could ever probably conceivably do, but right. I, I liked it, you know, it's out right. of comfort zone, but I'm like, I love that stuff. Yeah. And I love order and like some of that early club stuff that was more manchester sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Grew up on, you know, so yeah. Yep. I get it, even yeah, even world anymore. <laughs> right, I mean, you know, and bringing that back into your album, um, this is not even this is coincidental with this coming up, but like I could hear some of that '90s Britpop psychedelic stuff really totally. yeah. in there, you know, and it was very subdued and, and very kind of put in, in a nice way where it was like, all right, yeah, you know, we're not getting uh, completely bombarded with the manchester stuff with like the right. heat and all that but that there's a nice feel of that same thing there's a, a little bit of uh elliot elliot smith in there too of like i loved him yeah i definitely yeah. that's a real compliment because i yeah yeah another guy like yeah can't play or like that you know that style the no. haunting sort of yeah. like i'm and rather than try to i've never been one to do cover songs or to try to learn how somebody else plays something i'd rather just right around and make mistakes i guess maybe that's the jazz in me and just do it my own way and figure yeah. out finger picking in yeah. my own way and not watch right. 22 lessons because it's not i don't hear it that way i hear it right the way i play it you know yeah and, and there's definitely some a lot more proggy elements in this in the second one yeah you know listening to more i forget what i was listening to maybe porcupine tree i don't know i was just like bouncing around mm-hmm. and then greg kirby from lucky bean hall really went in that direction with custard flux and his new mm-hmm. project so i'm listening to that and then the bands that he turned me on to yeah you know different timings even though i haven't been really writing in that yeah you know, i mix i do mix things up did mix things up in eden hall more and do three four or three you know, three like weird timings even four or five a couple you know like weird things i wouldn't normally do yeah and it turned you into more of a i think it turns you into a better writer even if yeah. you're not going to really use it you know, so you could take I'm, a few more chances with things like, it's like the next vehicle for that. Off, the, off the grid a little and just, yeah, you know, just kind of write in sections like I did on, I think the Red Giant and then the other piano song, which I'm blanking out on, which is terrible because I haven't listened to it in a while. Uh, New Ice Age Between Us. Yeah. You know, like that one I totally wrote just with the piano line that I thought was kind of cool. And then I would just think of a different piano line, not try to fit them together, not worry about majors and minors, and then see where it went from there. Yeah. And then kind of more consecutive linear approach. Right. Yeah. 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 Not worry about verse chorus, even though it turned out more that that way. It definitely was different than I'd usually write. So maybe I'll, I might do something like that, start in a different way instead of on acoustic because a lot of these songs didn't end up with any acoustic guitar or any yeah. kind of, I recorded it. I'm like, eh, I'm going to dump it and do something else, you know, or a couple I added later just as texture, but they were really are not acoustic songs, which yeah. made it hard to play live, of course. Because then I'm like, what can I actually play when I have this set right. coming up? To think about yeah. some different voicings or maybe whatever that keyboard overlay is doing well, like kind of what I did. bring that bring that tone into that chord on that and that when you're kind playing what i did i did it right it works but i don't yeah. know right if I, it's viable for you know a bunch of shows in a row it was fun yeah you know, it was fun to learn them all it was a challenge yeah and i thought bringing a keyboard on stage and mixing it up i'm like i don't have time you know we're all like you play in bands, you work, now you do pop, you do it. We all have all these hats we wear, we have pets and families and right. it's like, I don't have time to do all that. Yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. Do you find yourself with, um, you know, it's kind of the, the, the classic Fisher cut bait thing. Like, um, do you like creating music more and like kind of being somebody who's more in the studio and just pushing out new Yeah. New stuff versus oh I got to get this done and then I got to go do a, a, a cycle and, and tour this or play this out. I'm done with that. I think I <laughs> yeah. feel like okay. We we've talked about it. And we've said hey, let's do a couple more shows out of town. And like and then I get this reaction like oh yeah. And like loading equipment, getting in like it's bad enough if yeah. they have a backline. You show up with just a guitar. Yeah. I've become like a curmudgeon-y old musician where I'm like, yeah. I just want to bring my guitar acoustic or electric and bass, you know, and yeah, set it up and you know, 
I, we don't have a crew, right? It's not like we're yeah. just we're just us, you know. So I'm not. I, I like playing live, and at the same time, I dread it. Not I'm not stage fright, not like XTC or something where I'm like petrified, but yeah. it's just such a hassle, you know. It's a lot of work. It's yeah, and I, I love rehearsing with the guy, you know, the band, you yeah. know, and doing that kind of stuff almost more than I like playing the gig if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know it's because it's community and you're like right you're having a conversation together right it's back and forth and it's yeah. it's fun sometimes shows there's pressure even if you don't think there is i've steve hasn't played as many shows as i have and the drummer is he does techno like he okay. does uh, a lot of dj and stuff and his wife is in the band birdie plays keyboards she's okay. like classically trained so okay. You know, we all come from different points different contexts, right? We yeah, can play any instrument, so we have them switching around on keyboard. You know, like it's kind of a jazz thing in that way. We switch instruments and play different things on different songs. Yeah. But that is another set of challenges, as you know, from you know being an independent band. We don't have a you know we just have us and our friends yeah. helping us with stuff. So it's yeah. a challenge being on a stage saying, "Oh yeah, I got to play guitar. Where's the guitar again?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> even if you practice it things go wrong you know yeah no, I, different guys no money all the normal you know tropes yeah yeah and yeah and it's it's a it's different out there now too with that too it's not like it was in the 90s where you could go tour on right. 10 bucks in your pocket and right. hey i just need i just need something to eat a place to sleep and some gas what money. Do you guys do, do you guys because i would yeah. do you guys play out a lot or um to you, but i yeah, we, we just did a run of shows over the summer. Um, all local stuff. Um, we're we're just getting just getting back into the idea yeah. of playing again. Our drummer has really young kids, so the whole yeah. vaccination thing was like that. That was a linchpin for us, like playing out normally. Of like, all right, well, we're, we played up in Rogers Park at the beach last summer. That was our first show, and that might be that was it for the year. It was wonderful, and we had. We did. We did the yeah. same thing, one or two little outdoor, yeah. indoor, and then yeah. yeah, it was and great we, though, right? You know, we had a shit ton of people come. Everybody was dancing, and it was a good time. And we had a few, you know, of course you're, you're shaking off the rust and dealing with like equipment issues and stuff. But man, it was a party, and it's like, all right, this this is our only show for the year because his kids aren't vaccinated. I right. have a caretaker for my mom who's, um, she's compromised. She's in a nursing home, so it's like going on the road is just not realistic right now. Like playing out every two weeks is just not going to happen. But well, now we're, we're kind of over these humps of like, all right, now what, what do we want to do? So we did a run of shows over the summer and it was great. It was fun to get back out there. It was strange. um, Cause some of the places we used to play are gone. The people we used to work with are, are moved on or they've retired or, they they they're done with music completely. It's so it's an it's a it's a different era now. It is like I don't know. I forget. There's a word for it. Is it epoch or something? It's like a different yeah. Something stopped yeah. then. And we're not going to understand it until we're probably gone. Yeah. Be like, there was a big break, right? You know, with the whole Trump bullshit and all this, and yeah. like it could go either way now. It's you know? a, a, whatever it is, we're we're in the middle of history. You know, it's like a yeah time. yeah. It's like a reckoning. I don't know. When's the last time you recorded like with a band in the studio? Um, full album was ten years ago. Yeah, a little over ten yeah. years ago. It was so like different. Day, yeah, you know, you were in the, like, we'd record in pieces, even yeah. Eden Hall after the, you know, we were on in the '90s and then yeah. took that long break. Then just Greg and I record most of stuff ourselves. Yeah, you know, in his home studio or mine, and then record the drums elsewhere all that or at his home studio right and Cherry's moose island was the first time since like god way back the first couple albums and even all that was like wow we're recording this studio and we're in headphones and we're playing off each other and yeah then we're going to li- upstairs to listen to it I'm like this yeah. is fun yeah 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 I'm like a kid again an old yeah. kid but you know it, it has like i said it has been fun to play out again and like Kind of push it a little bit, but we've also had to kind of rebuild some of our, our name again. So people some people forgot about us. So people are like, oh wow, you guys came back, you know. Um, and, and that's weird. And that's that's that extra like haul of like, all right, you're dealing with now all the equipment and all the, the logistics of playing a set of shows or a short run of a tour. Right. And then, but you have the layer because there's no more labels or none of that, 
right? It's such right. all the, the layer of all the A&R work, all the PR work you have to carry on your own. And that's, so hard, that's yeah. another full-time job. I mean, you know, um, I'm actually um, probably after October, just so I can focus on the album and, and our stuff, like just kind of like cutting back on my, my guests for this so I could focus on that. That's smart, yeah. Yeah, you know. There's only one of me. That's what I always remind myself. Right. I'm like, yeah. My, my, gra- my grandmother had a, an expression like, you know, your ass can only fit on one chair. The butt cheeks can't spread. It's not a good idea. Otherwise, shit gets everywhere. So a very colorful woman, you know, but like, it's like. Right. I love that. Right. Yeah. Better phrases. Like, right. my grandma was hilarious like that. Like, yeah. I wish, I don't know, maybe they just learned like oral traditions better than we did or something. Yeah. Right. You know, maybe they just sat around and shot the shit more than we did. Right. You know, I don't know, but they think it's classic. Yeah. To actually think about that and just have like the allegory and the metaphor right there of like, oh yeah, that that's that visual is like, yeah, you just you can only do so much, you know. So and yeah, it's it, you, yeah. I don't know. I like I like it. I like it wearing a lot of hats, but at the same yeah. time, you get yeah, you can get burned out. Oh yeah, you need to take time, and you have your you know family, and I have my wife and my pug, and yeah, working and music and you know like I. I parents aging in Detroit I got to go back and you know mentally ill sister who lives with them and they're not going to be able to take care of her it's just there's always something that's life yeah the throws you curveballs and you gotta like kind of stop for a while and you have to live right yeah yeah that's for sure man I'm more making music now than I ever did back then you know know, that's the one thing like of all the guests I've had um and this cuts across generational stuff too because i have kids on here who are 23 24 years old who are just killing it right now i mean they're doing the stuff we did 30 years ago or whatever but you know and they're just saying it just feels good to create even if we're not playing out it's just yes and the quality of the music is fantastic these stuff the kids are coming up with is great you know and it's like you're saying we're in like a new era or epoch of, of like our music scene here in chicago and a bit of a renaissance because it's it's across the board. It's not just it's just the new kids are taking over. But mm-hmm. I've been talking to a lot of guys that August has had on here too. Been kind of around for a bit, getting back into it, and there's just a really good energy with that. You know, a lot of people are just wanting to create and they're they're wanting to have this experience. You know, and being able to put really good quality music out again to listen to. And it's it's like it's atavistic, right? I mean. That's the part. Yeah, they got together and told, start drew stuff on walls and yeah, play drum circles and try to express right. what the hell it's like to be on this planet or whatever. You know yeah. that we don't understand so many things. Like we learn all this stuff, right? You know, about the universe and everything else, and we know less and less about things somehow. Yeah, you know, but that's not. I always like kind of divorce myself. Like maybe that's not the point. You know, it's just what am I feeling now? And I'm just going to pick up yeah. a guitar and, or plug in the keyboard and see what happens, play a little, a bass line or whatever, you know, and people miss that later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was great talking to you, Mark. All right. Thank you so much. Have All right, a good yeah. night. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. If you like what you heard in this episode, you can check out Mark's solo stuff at markallenlofgren.bandcamp.com. Uh, the whole album for Black Moon Book 2 is up there and along with his other solo releases and uh, you can catch him live with the Thin Cherries. They're back out gigging again. Uh, Follow them on Facebook. They're on all the social medias and uh, you can also follow us on our Instagram and Twitter feed. We'll uh, be cross posting their upcoming shows. Thanks so much for listening and we have one more uh, track for you from Mark off of Black Moon Book. This one is called Waning Crescents. Take care.